Sorry, pockets in this thing are kind of tricky sometimes. There we go. Okay, good evening, everyone. So I'm one of those people who's always about two years behind on music. And so my friends are always telling me, you know, this is the kind of hip band now, and I'm always cynical and don't like them. <laughs> it's true. And then two years later, I'm like, wow, these, you know, these guys are pretty good. And one of, one of the bands that that's happened to me with is one I think probably a lot of you know, uh, is a band called the Oh Hellos. And uh, they're just a one magnificent band. I just love them. But tonight when I was, and this week as I was praying through our readings, uh, one of their songs really speaks very profoundly, and it's about our readings tonight. And they have a song called Like the Dawn, uh, which I think really is, is a profoundly beautiful song. The song uh, takes place, and basically the context of it is it's, it's the first moment that Adam sees Eve. And the first time you hear it, you're thrown off a little bit because it's sung by a female vocalist. And so it's Adam's perspective, but it's a, it's a woman singing. And so it takes a minute to kind of get used to that. But in, the, in that song, they quote tonight's first reading. Adam looks at his bride and he says, At last. Bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh at last. And it's this mystical moment. And music sometimes helps us to see a scene in the way just mere words don't. And when you listen to the song, you can almost feel that the creation of Eve must have been this mystical moment when Adam woke up and, and gazed upon his bride for the first time. And I love that. <laughs> and you, you listen to the song and you just feel, it's like, yeah, this is it. Uh, all of our hopes and dreams and, and really what it means to be a human at the centerpiece of what it means to be a human being is this amazing, frightening, mystical relationship between a man and a woman. Which is why all of our music is about it. It's why all of our, our great stories are about it. So much of what we are as human beings is bound up with that one relationship. And I love tonight, Jesus, or I'm sorry, God in, in Genesis 2, he looks at Adam, and I love this is to be set against the background of Genesis 1. If you read Genesis 1, seven times in Genesis 1 in the creation story, God says, it is good. He says it over and over and over again. It is good, it is good, it is good. And the very first thing that contradicts that is tonight's first reading. Right in chapter 2, God looks at Adam, 
And for the first time, he says, it is not good for the man to be alone. Well, if you know that song from the Oh Hellos, it goes on and there's a, towards the end of the song, I think there's, people have laughed at it today because it is kind of funny, but it, I think it's also profoundly true. Towards the end of the song, the vocalist, she repeats that line, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh at last. And then she says, and you will surely be the death of me. But how could I have known? Isn't that the relationship we call marriage? It's both of those things. It is the source of our greatest hopes. It is the source of our identity in so many ways. And it's the source of our greatest heartaches and disappointments and hurts. And so tonight, I hope you probably already can tell, tonight we have very profound readings. And my heart all week long was just moved by them. And it made me jealous. You know, I get jealous of those Protestant pastors. They get an hour to preach. And it's so unfair. Life is just not fair. Uh, even 45 minutes would be great. But anyway. I just want to reflect with you about this tonight. And there's two things I want to I really jump into. The first one more briefly. The first thing is that if you've been hurt by that relationship, by some kind of romantic relationship, and at different times in our lives, all of us have been. All of us. But the temptation that, that naturally arises is to start saying to yourself, I don't need anybody. I'm okay on my own. I can just get by with me and God. Brothers and sisters, you have to reject that. It is not good for man to be alone. That's true of priests. I'm not saying priests should be married. But every, and some of you actually, will not be called to marriage. Or if you're widowed uh, and you don't feel like you're called to be married again, you might not be called into a marital relationship, but you are certainly not to be alone. It is not good for the man to be alone. You and I are made for this wonderful thing called communion. We're created in the image of a God who is a communion. And you and I are made to have deep, meaningful, life-giving relationships with other human beings. And so when you've been hurt and you got burned by somebody, the natural temptation is, and maybe I'm the only one, I'm a melancholic, so my natural temptation, I should just say, is, I don't need anybody. I don't need any of you. I'll just listen to my melancholic music. I'll go back and listen to the oh hellos and the world can go to H-E double hockey sticks. <laughs> it doesn't work, right? At the end of the day, it doesn't work. The second thing, though, and tonight I want to spend some more time on this. The second point I really want to drive at tonight is that as wonderful, as powerful, as beautiful, as romantic and marital relationships are, they are probably the single greatest threat 
to you having an idolatrous relationship in your life. Let me say that a different way. If you're ever going to worship a false God in your life, the most likely situation that you will do that with is with a human being that you're in a romantic relationship with. So let's talk about this. I've known a lot of devout Catholics over the years, for many years. You know, I've, I've known uh, many, many people who love Jesus Christ, who love His church, and they dive deep, and so many of them know the church's teachings, and they know why the church teaches what she does. And they're following Christ. And then they meet somebody who doesn't. And I have seen, not a ton, but I've seen many people leave their relationship with Jesus because they told themselves that I can't live without this. All of us know people who have had horrible divorces, and maybe some of you are here tonight, and that's so painful and my heart goes out to you. But will you put, so many of them say, Father Brian, I can't live without being married. I just can't do it. And they'll leave Jesus for that. <laughs> they'll leave him. Tonight, Jesus is unbelievably clear about this. It doesn't get any more clear. And what so oftentimes happens, brothers and sisters, is when we love someone, it's, it's on some sense it's natural, but only natural in a fallen world, is that we make another human being to be God. And we say to that human being, you're my happiness. You're the person who brings fulfillment and truth and meaning to my life. And of course, on a certain level, that's true. Hey, marriage is the, is the best thing on a natural level that God has ever given us. It's amazing how beautiful and powerful it is. In fact, I told everybody today, you know, as a priest, obviously, I, I will never be married. And when you're a seminarian, you're going through your years of seminary. And when you hit hard days, women look somehow even more beautiful than they normally do. <laughs> and you're going through seminary, and you, you've got finals coming up, and you feel like, wow, I've been in seminary for roughly a thousand years, and there's no end in sight. And am I really up for being a priest? And then you go to a coffee shop, and there's a beautiful woman. And what you have to tell yourself, the way you get through it, is you remind yourself, you think, wow, women, it, it is, it's like for a man, to see a beautiful woman, it really, it's like that moment of Adam and Eve. It's almost a mystical experience. And I really mean that. But ladies, don't let that go to your heads, because <laughs> you're also all crazy. <laughs> and that's how men get through seminary. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> A number of my good friends and I, when we had bad days, I remember literally one of my very good friends, we were in a coffee shop and we were like talking to each other and we were both kind of like, just remember, they're crazy. They're crazy. They're all crazy. It's a temptation and women have similar ones with men. But brothers and sisters, no one 
can give truth to your life. No human being can give you meaning and purpose and joy the way God can. And when you put that on someone else, I promise you it will make that relationship turn south. If you love someone outside of God, and in a way that God doesn't ordain, it will fall apart. All of us enjoy it, and we find great pleasure when people love us. But have you ever had someone who loves you a little bit too much? Or maybe in a way that's just not quite right? You know, as a priest, of course, I'm tempted to vanity. I always, I do, and I, I worry about, what does my congregation think? You know, are they happy with me? And I love it when people are happy with me. But if someone comes up to me and they say, you know, Father Brian, you're the only priest. Like, I could never go to another church. You know how I feel? I'm like, you know, Father Michael down the road, he's pretty hip. <laughs> you ever seen a Byzantine liturgy? It's really cool. <laughs> this happens in romantic relationships. As we've, and we've seen it. Sometimes a, a spouse or someone you're dating makes you to be God. Brothers and sisters, there is a love that is above human love. <laughs> There's a love above human love. And that's what you were made for. Marriage is powerful, it's beautiful. You know, we have a lot of young people at Mass tonight, and I know you don't really think this, but kind of. So many young people think, once I get married, I'll never be lonely again. If I can enlist some of the married couples to stand outside with me after Mass, and let's tell the young people if that's true or not. <laughs> married people frequently experience the most profound loneliness of anyone you'll ever meet. And that's okay. God has something for them in that. You cannot make your spouse or someone you love into an idol. Brothers and sisters, there is a love that is above human loves. There is that love. And that's what you were made for, and nothing can take its place. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I don't care how beautiful and how perfect a marriage is. I know many, many good marriages, good Catholic marriages, but they are not the same thing as the love of God in a person's heart and soul. And if you don't have that, you've missed the main purpose of life. Okay, there's so much more to this, but I want to I close on a note of profound hope. This is one of the reasons priests are celibate. It's not the first reason, actually. There's actually more important reasons in this. But one reason a priest is celibate is meant to be a sign of profound hope for myself and for all of us. And the reason is that this, this relationship is so beautiful. 
I mean, I still desire that. My heart, I'm a normal guy. My heart still is attracted to women, and it always will be. It'll never be different than that. But the message of celibacy, what it's supposed to say, is that marriage is the best thing on earth, and there's something even greater. There is a wedding coming, there's a marriage coming that's even greater. It's the wedding feast of God's Son. It's the marriage of Jesus Christ to His church. And that marriage lasts eternally. And celibacy is a sign of hope because what it says is that natural human marriage is such a good thing, but there's something so beautiful, so powerful that I'm willing to suffer the loss of a great good waiting and pointing towards something that is infinitely greater. So tonight, brothers and sisters, there's so much more. But wherever you're at, if you are someone who's married, if you're someone who is single, if you're someone who's been divorced or widowed or you're a widower, wherever you're at in life, your earthly loves are called to be drawn up into that first love of God. A love that is divine, that is greater than a human love, the love that can contain within itself and transcend every human love. Jesus, help us to worship you alone, to not make a God out of our spouses, or of any other person or thing. But Lord, help our hearts to find you and to be drawn up into that perfection of divine love. Let us now stand and profess our faith. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible.